0: night, uh, funny enough, God was talking to me about one topic, and then, then he switched gears on me, and he said he wanted me to talk about something else. And uh, so the title, because I always like having a title, because then I know I'm on a path, right? I'm going somewhere. Spiritual hunger. Mm-hmm. Right. So we are very hungry for God. I'm speaking to the choir here tonight, so to speak, because you wouldn't be here tonight if you weren't hungry for God. And uh, when you first start talking to God, he'll bring a scripture to you that will change your life forever. Kenneth Copeland says, one word from God, will change your life forever. When I worked at a Hermes Electronics, I was on the stapling machine, stapling away, or making saltwater batteries. And God gave me a scripture and he said, blessed are they hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I remember saying, that's a scripture! Because I didn't know enough of the Bible to even know that, I had to know it was a scripture because it stood out to me. When you have a lot of scripture in yourself, that to you doesn't stand out as much because, oh yeah, I've read that, I've seen that. But when you hear it from God, ooh, something happens. Let's go to Matthew 5, verse 6. Ha 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 ha! Yeah, but I remember thinking, this is the first scripture that I heard from God speaking to me, because we hear the good shepherd's voice, and only his voice do we hear the voice of a stranger we don't follow. But uh, I heard a senior Christian say to me once, I don't hear God's voice, but I remember Ralph Poupart saying to me one time, who said that? That's not God. God would never say you don't hear his voice. So we know it's the enemy. He's never going to tell you the truth. So Matthew 5, 6. Okay, which scripture, which, I got four references here. Ha ha. I like them all. Uh, let's go to the message. You're blessed when you, you're, you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. Wow. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you'll find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind, and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. Wow. So, have you worked up a good appetite for God? Yeah. Only you can answer that, right? Yeah. But when I started talking, when God started talking to me about this scripture, he was he was diagnosing me spiritually. Like if a nurse was to check out my vital signs, they would check out my pulse, okay? What is what is your pulse rate? How's your heart going? Are you got life in your body? <laughs> but your spiritual life is defined by how much hunger you have for God. And so <laughs> I like that relation because, you know, God does take natural things and compares them to spiritual, which is pretty exciting to me. But uh, so he was, when you connect the dots with God, he gives you a beautiful, we're a masterpiece made by God. And as he joins the dots, then you see the beautiful picture that he's made. So my first spiritual hunger for God, my neighbor took me into a Roman Catholic church when I was eight years old. Her and her daughter and I. We're on our knees in front of the altar. The building's empty because then you could come and go as you like. And uh, eating an ice cream cone at the same time. But I remember on my knees thinking, this is a holy place. I didn't know anything about God. But God was telling me that that was the germination of the hunger that started right there. There was a seed planted by God. This beautiful lady took me there, never talked about God to me. But here I was on my knees in that church, and I said, I never forgot that. And I'm 57 years old, and I still remember that. I still remember that. But in junior high, this is some years later, I didn't grow up in a loving home. We didn't receive any of that. We, you can't give what you don't have, obviously. But I was leaving a classroom in junior high, and this love fell on me. It was like that scripture that says, the anointing that fell down on Aaron's beard, it flowed right through my whole body. And I said, there was another birthing of more spiritual hunger for God. And I ran on the strength of that for 20 years till I got born again. You know, the scripture talks about the prophet ran on one meal. How far did he run on that one meal? Thank God that he made it that, that far with me with that. But um, when you're talking about spiritual hunger, I watched a documentary about the Nile River, and when you start looking at it, it looks like a puddle. I said, this is the strangest thing, God. How can one of the largest rivers on planet Earth start out as a little puddle, but when you get out into the stream of it, it is so deep and so wide, and people are nursed from it, people are living by it, Their plants are watered by it. And I said, what an example of spiritual hunger. Because I felt God was far from me for the longest time. There was no, uh, there was a hard connection for me because you had to have your mind renewed. You don't know, uh, faith works by knowing that God loves you. And if you've never been loved by a human being, and then all of a sudden you have to, you have to believe God for somebody that you don't even know that you can't see loves you. But how do you get that? You get it by meditating on it. You get it by living from faith to faith, from day to day, from glory to glory, here a little, there a little, precept upon precept, line upon line. Come on. As you put the word in, God comes out. Yeah. Hallelujah. All right. He starts to come out right. Yes. But um, so there were so many things that led to... Uh, so I was in the Anglican church, and I was very hungry for God. And I was reading my Bible from Genesis to the maps, and I didn't see anybody there doing that, but God was leading me to do that. And then uh, I went home one night, and I was hungry for God. So I knelt down beside my bed, and I said, God, I know the baptism of the Holy Spirit's for us. You know, the Bible says in Acts that they received power. After that, the Holy Ghost came on them. I said, well, I'm hungry for that. I'm hungry for that. So my first two words were Abba, Father, and then the rest was tongues. So anybody that's watching online, if you're born again, Jesus is in your heart. Just ask the Holy Ghost to fill you, Mm -hmm. and he'll do it right where you're at. But uh, there was so much hunger coming out of me. And it was hard to talk to somebody about it because spiritual things, sometimes you have to talk to somebody that's spiritually discerning to be able to relate to that. Yes. And if you tell somebody that doesn't agree with you or know what you're talking about, then that can be stolen. The Bible says to not throw your pearls before a swine. Right. Not that we're calling anybody pigs, but it's just an example of somebody that doesn't know God. Yes. So another example of being hungry for God Galen and I went, went to Windsor in the middle of a blizzard to go see a man of God pray for us. Anyway, when he laid hands on me, he almost fell over because I was that hungry for God. Yes. Because I was drawing on the anointing that was in him. Ooh, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, that. But the, the whole point of this is I can't even take credit for any of it, because God gave me the will to do his good pleasure. He gave me the desire to do his work, so I can't even take credit for being hungry for God. And if I did anyway, the Holy Ghost would correct me pretty quick. He would use everybody around me for that. But let's go to Psalm 42. We like the Psalms. We like the Psalms. Yeah. Psalm 42, we're going to go 1 to 8. One of my favorite Psalms, actually. All right, we're going to go to, I like the new living. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before Him? Day and night, I have only tears for food. While my enemies continually taunt me saying, where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of great celebration. Hallelujah. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you, even from distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mizar. I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me, and through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. Oh, my God, I cry, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? So I went a verse too long. We don't want to get into enemies. But anyway, <laughs> but uh, Charles Spurgeon, his note on this verse, as man can bear hunger much longer than he can bear thirst, he may continue without food for days, but not without drink. His soul had only one longing, one thirst, and every power and every passion had united itself to that one desire. So you can go longer without food, without food than water. So it shows you the importance of water. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We can't go without God's water. We can't go without his spirit. We can't go without being sustained by him. We're thirsty for you, God, tonight. Yes. We are thirsty. Uh, in the... The message, it says, I wonder, will I ever make it arrive and drink in God's presence? Will I ever make it arrive and drink in God's presence? Wow. Hallelujah. My life is God's prayer, it says in verse 8. Wow. So let's go to Psalm 63. Hallelujah. Glory. (laughs) We're going to go to the New Living, verses 1 to 11. O God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live. Hallelujah. Lifted up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely, but those plotting to destroy me will come to ruin. They will go down into the depths of the earth. They will die by the sword and become the food of jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who trust in him will praise him, while liars will be silenced. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So there's satisfaction in God's presence. I've been saying that a lot lately. God, you satisfy me. You satisfy me, Lord. Hallelujah. So to create a hunger in yourself, I've been... uh, Every morning I confess this scripture. We're so hungry for you, God. We're so thirsty for you. Once you read it, then you can say it back to him. The Bible says that he's the high priest of our confession, so that means that whatever you're saying, he's going to bring it to the Father and make it come to pass. So he can't be the high priest over something that you don't say. So thank you, Lord. Right now we're going to practice this, God, that we come to you, God, hungry for you tonight. We're thirsty for you, Lord. This is a dry and thirsty land. We're in the middle of a wicked and perverse generation. But you are here, God. God. Your rod and your staff, you comfort us still, hallelujah. You give us songs of deliverance, hallelujah, that we're not in captivity like they sang by the river of Babylon. We're not like that God. We've been delivered from captivity. We've been delivered from that God. We have the joy of the Lord, but we also have a hunger for you that only you can, you can you can sustain us in the middle of this place. Hallelujah. Uh, let's go to Psalm eighty-four. <laughs> Eighty four. And we're gonna go um I know I said I got new living. Mm-mm. 84 uh, verses 1 to 12. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body, and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow, builds her nest, and raises her young at a place near your altar. O Lord of heaven's armies, my King and my God, what joy for those who can live in your house always singing your praises. So if you're in his house, which is his church, then you have joy and you get to sing his praises. Yeah. So if you're not singing his praises, then you're not in his house. You could be here physically, but you're not here spiritually. Right. And there is a difference because I can come here and not connect with God. It's an act of my will, right? Yeah. Yeah. There was a song we used to do here. It's not, it doesn't matter how you feel. It's an act of your will to worship God. Hallelujah. I can still hear that song. Glory. Verse 5. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessings. They will continue to grow stronger, and each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. O Lord God of heaven's armies, hear my prayer. Listen, O God of Jacob. O God, look look with favor upon the king, our shield. Show favor to the one you have anointed. So here's one of my favorite parts. A single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. So that's what Moses did. Moses left. He could have stayed in Pharaoh's home and lived like a king for the rest of his life. But he knew that God called him to be the deliverer of his nation. Like he knew that. So he, he had this same attitude that I'd rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God. For the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. O Lord of heaven's armies, what joy for those who trust in you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's go to Philippians 2.13. So I was saying earlier that spiritual hunger comes from God. He's the source of it. So we can't take credit for it, but when it starts to happen, you can thank him for it. But just like the River Nile, it's pretty small when it starts. When, when the glory starts happening with you, then you'll go, well, wasn't that worth my while? Wasn't that worth my time spending with God? Wasn't it glorious that we went through the dry season to get to this rainy season? There's a rainy season coming for those that haven't given up. Glory to God. Philippians 2.13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So if you're afraid of not being able to be hungry enough for God... He just said right there that He gives you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. So you have received power after that, the Holy Ghost has come on you. So that's the power that pleases Him. Glory! we got the power to please Him. And it's not even from our, like we didn't have to create it, He put it on us. So I don't even have to create a power, I don't have to create anything. I just have to ask him, he gave me the scripture to hunger after him, but I just repeated it to him. I just kept repeating it to him. I kept saying it to him and meditating on it until now I'm in a place with God that I've never been in my life. Like how do you speak spiritual things to people? You speak it in tongues because it's a spiritual thing. But in the church, you need interpretation so everybody can understand what you're saying. So let's go to Psalms 107. Yeah. Hallelujah. We are so hungry for you, God, tonight. We are so thirsty, Lord. This is a dry and thirsty land, but you are filling us. Filling us. 107. Verses 4 to 9. Let's go to the new living. Some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless. Hungry and thirsty, they nearly died. Lord help, they cried in their trouble. And he rescued them from their distress. He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. I've been saying that to God for weeks. Lord, you satisfy me. God, you satisfy me. I didn't even know the scripture. God, you just satisfy me. You are satisfying me like no human person on this planet could ever do. There's a spiritual need in every body on planet Earth to be satisfied by the Almighty God. Amen. Some are filling it with one thing or another. We know we can la- list out all the things that people try to satisfy themselves with. But there's only one God that can satisfy you and fill the hungry with good things. Thank you, God, for satisfying us tonight. Hallelujah. You satisfy us. You satisfy us, God. In the the New Living, it it talks about a longing soul. So the soul is longing for this. When I got baptized in the Holy Ghost in my bedroom by myself, on my knees in my house, I was longing for God. I know I'm not the only one. A lot of people have received the Holy Ghost like that. I'm not saying I'm the only one. But I know that hunger created that. In the King James, it says he satisfies the longing soul. Glory. In the the message, it says uh, the starved and the hungry get plenty to eat. So are you hungry tonight for God? Are you thirsty for God? We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord.